Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 2, titled The Azure Dragon. Uh, Aaron, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed this episode. Oh yeah, I enjoyed this episode a lot. It's becoming clear to me that this is going to be a very movie-like three-act structure or at least that's what it seems like um because uh, you know the one thing that impressed me in in my rewatch of the expanse is like what a fucking momentum this show has and that like almost every hour they're managing to have a fairly big cliffhanger like you know like oh my god what's going to happen next this season it doesn't seem like they're doing that it seems like it's very much conventionally like an arc like you know it wasn't a cliffhanger we knew what avasaral was going to suggest I mean, not exactly, but like, yeah, yeah, I don't think they gave you enough information to really know. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, they got this the fucking spotter ship. They got the Rasananti with their small crew. They got Bobby Draper walking tank like, you Mm -hmm. know, they're the the, the intelligence. (laughs) These pieces fit together in a certain way, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And at the end of this, like, it's a little bit of it's not really a cliffhanger. It's it's the villain reacting to the thing that happened in the first act and saying, oh, well, we're going to have Empire Strike. You know, we're going to have a Inaro Strikes Back kind of situation when the Belters Mm -hmm. or when the when the Inners try to retake series. So it's like it's it's not a cliffhanger. It's just handing the ball off to the next the next act. Um, Yeah. So that's not a criticism. I mean, that's just like, you know, that's a pretty classical structure. Um, But I thought it's 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 real good. Like they're um, they're finding ways like the crew is starting to like deal with their 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 shit. Um, The stuff that they're dealing with made a lot of sense. I really liked, you know, like uh, I I guess when Naomi had the the panic attack going out like that makes a lot of sense after her, you know, adventures on a chain smoker last year. And the space bat, I like the chase was thrilling. Yeah. Like, you know, Bobby got to do cool Bobby shit. Uh, uh, it, Peaches got to do cool Melba shit. Uh, it's, I, I, I liked it. Uh, and you said you did too. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, I mean, that, that space battle was kind of awesome. I liked seeing a, it, a little more finesse from, from the crew. They can't just like, fire 600 uh you know pdc rounds into this thing they have to figure out a way to to match it um and i love too that you had some people not strapped in to crash couches uh they were just on the deck and and amos is being squashed and naomi's being squashed and then you've got belters on the other ship who you know can't take the g's that a human could take and it's it's like okay which one of these things is going to win you know there are like a lot of variables in that and to me, that was super exciting. Yeah, I thought it was it was really well done. I I I, I am shocked 
I'm really shocked we went back to Laconia for the further adventures of the the cute kid. This is and the, her alien menagerie. Yeah, the one gripe I have about this episode, the season so far, I don't know why this is important in any way. And, and this this is this really going to have to pay off to not make it a waste of like five or six minutes at this point. It still feels to me like this is the future of the expanse and like I'm surprised they're devoting so much to it when they are by all accounts prepared to drop this like the hottest of potatoes at the end of the season. Yeah, like, still to it really to day, feels to me that they are counting on the fact that there's going to be a mini series or a movie or uh, uh, offer or something in their Could future. Be. And again, I I can't like I, I don't know. I'm getting nervous because we're recording this in a vacuum. We're just recording mm. this back to back and it's just me and Jim locked in a room with her fears talking uh but like it uh it it just seems insane to but it seems insane to me that no one would pick this property up but on the other hand like i don't know you since last night i guess i've been thinking about what you've been saying about uh you know what is the actual evidence that this is like this is this now starting to feel like posturing from the production team like wanting you know like hey yeah we're, there's more story but like who is the one that's 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 taking i don't know what other people are waiting yeah. to see how this final book is received because that's important if this sure. final book yeah. if, if is like meh or worse then i'd feel significantly more bearish on this thing's options but on, on the other hand it just came out today mm-hmm. and then and if we get in the next 24 to 48 hours like positive thumbs up from the fan base then i just can't believe Someone's going to sit and have an unproduced trilogy with a built-in fan base. It, it's I mean, be, whatever size you think that fan base is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm fully expecting, you know, but by the time that this airs, uh, like two weeks, yeah. three weeks from now or whatever, yeah. uh, they will have either said, yeah, we're totally dropping it where we have no plans to renew or they'll have said, yeah, we're renewed for another three seasons. Uh, I doubt that, but. See, I think we'll see. that only happens if Amazon picks it up. I think what will sure, happen sure. Yeah. is there'll and, be another and save and the is, expanse and, and you'll have to yeah, go out there without Cass and Bar making the connections. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then in that case, like it might take a year. But like, man, yeah. it's I, and I don't know what uh, what is it? Skydance? I don't know, like because uh, somebody was talking about like, you know, the scary thing about uh, a significant hiatus is like what happens to the sets what happens to the costumes mm-hmm. what happens like that shit starts to get broken down that stuff starts to get sh- that gets starts to get thrown into the wood chipper to make space for other productions yeah you know like and there's significant investments in that and like if 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 another that that makes it less likely because you know there's going to have to be all that work done again mm-hmm. um what do you do if the cast starts and you know i i, I don't know I, I i don't know um but Again, two episodes in, this is so good. I don't want it to end. And of course, yeah. I think we're all feeling that. It's it's and that's what's really settling in. Is like, we're a third of the way done. Uh-huh. We're already a third of the way I done. I know, man. It's great. And we've done these, like you said, back to back over two days. So it really feels shortened for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, yeah I hope I'm they be sad. I, I haven't I'm not 100 percent like I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, we just surmise that as short as the season is. And I think the Wikipedia and the IMDb airing like it doesn't seem like going to double up. But holy cow, if they doubled up and got like, the first two episodes out. It's like whew, five oh, weeks. Right. Done. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, 
anyway, yeah, do we want to talk more preamble stuff or should we get right into the episode? Uh, let's get into the episode, but real quick, let's take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, this week's episode begins with the further adventures of adorable little girl from Laconia having, quite frankly, terrifying experiences with completely alien life forms, totally unsupervised. My dad reflexes and instincts are completely on overdrive and it's killing me. What do you think of this scene, Jim? Uh, I don't know what to think of this scene, man. It's not a bad scene. It just doesn't feel like it's doing anything. Like it's introducing a new character on a strange planet, but and that might be exciting if I felt like it were going somewhere. But how how is it connected to anything else that we think is going on on Laconia? How is it connected to proto molecule well, stuff like wh- what what are they doing with this? Because they're spending an awful lot of time on this girl uh, yes. kind of trying to understand the wildlife of this planet and 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 help the wildlife of this planet i there's some message there so, that i'm just not getting there's there's stuff in the background happening for sure but like sure. i started talking about parents, the foreground yeah. first like you know I, I was wondering like what are they going last year last week is this like some kind of war of the worlds the girl coughed on these things and now they're gonna die mm-hmm. i don't know why i didn't think about it. it's the food she fed you know and her mom and dad have to explain i think that's laying groundwork for probably some kind of alien thing but again that seems like why Season seven, yeah. you know, a, a, a hypothetical, fantastical season seven. Um, there is some stuff. There is some dialogue where the, the 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 dad breaks in from the girl's hysterics about killing these these sunbirds or whatever they're called. and says the soldiers have called a meeting. All settlers have to attend. The mother then goes off camera again. And this is all in the background. I had to crank my TV up to hear it. <laughs> We have nothing to do, the mother says, but we have nothing to do with whatever they're building up in the orbit. And if they want to help, the least they can do is open up the comms relays to let us know what's going on back home. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's watch so, the so parents for six minutes things. in a 43 minute episode. <laughs> let's do that, that instead of that, watching that this little girl. That, that tells us a couple things like uh-huh. there is, um, you know, and that we, we, we knew this last episode, I guess, is that the, the Marco has shut down communications through the ring gate. Uh, we now know that uh, this is going both ways um, and the this the column, the colonists on these other planets uh, know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and they know about what's being built, but they like, you know, that's one thing I was wondering is like, is is everyone on Laconia like on as on mission as the fucking captain that wanted to, you know, give his subordinate 50 lashes for having a bracelet that reminded her of his mother? You know, like they all that crazy. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like there's just a lot of scientists and civilians in a, on this Spartan super Martian soldier program, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. I think is interesting. But again, I, I'm with you. I don't know where it's going for going. going yeah. Through. I mean, it's got to be doing stuff that's in books seven, eight, nine somewhere. And then they are going. I mean, none of this stuff is in book six. Uh, this is a novella. Like I said, when uh, last mm. episode, when we talked about strange, strange dogs. dogs. That's the name of the novella, but like 
it's a novella for a reason, right? It's not mainline. It's not critical to the right. story. So what are we doing? Spending I don't know six minutes out of a forty-three minute episode that is one of six in the entire final season. I this time seems very important, and this plot seems very irrelevant. Every uh, like we talked about, this is like a football season. Every fucking minute feels like right. it matters. And like, what are they spending this? This on? is the last I, I thirty did. seconds of a basketball game where everybody's calling timeout. Everybody's getting yeah. free throws in, and this little girl's just dancing around on the court. And and yeah. people are watching her instead of the game. I don't get it. I don't get it. What's 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 happening? I did like uh, when she was running pell mell through the forest with the the dying bird in her hand. Uh, her stepping in front of the armored golf cart and this guy's ADR. Hey, watch it, kid. It sounds like some guy, you know, like uh, I don't know, uh, a, a sitcom set and you know, a kid is running out honk. Yeah. Well, you trying to walk here? Like it's uh, this close to uh, I'm walking here uh, scene on an alien world. Uh, it's a first mm-hmm. first for humanity. Um, the other thing is, like, I just can't get over like this seems just so menacing, like this this girl turning her back on this giant frog thing and yeah. it's creeping up on her. I'm like, what's this going to eat her? It's just going to fucking mm-hmm. eat her whole and then it eats the other. So it's carnivorous. Uh but like, I, I don't know, is this going to be is this going to be like, are they telling the story of a complete biome collapse uh, because she's going to feed this thing uh, tainted meat and it's going <laughs> to fall into the ocean and get swallowed by whatever uh, the version of shark is just going to fucking just 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 destroy the Laconian biosphere. Hmm. Do they care? Because the other thing is apparently a good question. None of their life chemistry is compatible, so mm-hmm. we can't eat any of them for food. They can't eat any of us for food. Like it's yeah, I thought that it, stuff was interesting, um, but I'm just shocked. I irrelevant. thought carbon, I thought carbon based life would have a lot more things in common as far as what they can put in their yeah, mouth. Yeah, I would have too. Like clearly, it's carbon based because the atmosphere is breathable by humans. So I think like, so. Right. you kind of like are going to have similar organisms developing, I would think. But right, what do I know? Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm I'm curious because apparently this is just going to be the intro of every episode is what I'm going to guess is going to happen from here on out. So mm-hmm. little girl, we'll we'll wait to see here. It, it feels like a serial though, like like a short that opens up a, a, a feature, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and maybe we'll it'll see. come we'll around. They got four more episodes. So this is true. This is true. Uh, so Rosinante gets more fuel, more food, more water, more bullets from a UNN supply ship uh, and also a surprise mission specialist. If you fell asleep in the last five minutes, last episode, you might be surprised, but we're not. One former Martian recon Marine, Roberta Draper, reporting for duty. Yeah, that wasn't the biggest surprise to me in this episode, because, of course, we we kind of saw that coming. Uh, this scene's biggest surprise. Holden calling. Clarissa Mao peaches. I, I was not joking about this less than one day ago. I was joking about how Holden would never call her peaches. They're like yeah. they are so far from that. There's no possible way. And then here it is. Very next episode for me. Very next. The same evening. Cause I watched yeah, this last yeah. night. Here is Holden calling her peaches. Unironically. You're like uh, you're you're like the 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 meme of the guy eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> He's never going to call her peaches next frame, <laughs> spitting it out. Yeah, right. I and Holy the, the way they played it was funny too because Holden's like it's like you know like dirty laundry falling out of his mouth. Like he kind of like peaches, you know, like he can't believe he's saying it. 
<laughs> I couldn't either. It was wild. I mean, why? You know, there's the option of calling her Clarissa. Yeah, Claire. Uh, Claire. Call her Claire. Like Claire. Else did. Yeah. Miss, Miss, Miss Mal. You know, there's lots of options besides Peaches. And I think that's the other thing is it kind of surprised him. He's he like wins like, ah, oh, fuck. I've heard I've, ne- I've heard nothing Peaches yeah, the last yeah. six months. True. It's pretty funny. I, I will say, you know, in a six episode season, you probably don't have a lot of time to to pussyfoot around. Uh, what's he going to call her and how are they going to repair this relationship? And they do a little bit. They do probably most of what they're going to do in this episode uh, with with bridging the gap between Holden and her. I I think it works. I'm going to talk about more later because, you know, they they haven't actually done the thing yet. But uh, Uh I like like that. I like the, you know, the Merchant Marine, I guess, supply officer being like, oh, isn't this nice? We're dropping off Mickey ammo. And is a belter nice? pirate ship kind of I yeah, like it's he, that, he says it's, it's great to see everybody working together, but what he really is saying is now we all have a common enemy that we can go kill. That that's what yeah. he's really saying. Uh and, and he's, he's also there's still an us and them, and uh-huh. the them is the belter, and you've got a belter in the scene. So right? like, at least he didn't use the S slur. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Bull was throwing around last last uh mm-hmm. last season. But, and then um, hell yeah, Bobby comes in and she's towing her suit in that case, and I'm just like, oh, things are gonna get good. I want to say because I I know I've talking some shit, I've talked some shit, I've talking some shit uh, about the zero gravity work on this uh, show before, and I will say that like again recently re rewatching the whole uh the whole series, I was kind of blown away by how above average the zero G work is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think what drives me crazy is every once in a while, there'll be like the focus on a wrong extra or sometimes even main cast members that are not doing, you know, like I said, like uh, I, th- I think at one point, uh, like Ashford leans against a console and zero G and I'm like, that's just stupid. Like that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. They do on the whole really good work. We talked about Amos's Mario galaxy experience last, last episode. Holden just gliding down the staircase like a vampire. Yeah. Uh, I fucking loved it. And like you said, Bobby Carton, like an entire Martian arsenal just with fingertip control. Yeah. Uh, that stuff is really cool. And it's stuff they're doing. that's not even showy. It's just if you didn't pay attention to Holden's feet, you just might think he's walking down the thing. But mm-hmm. like just grace notes like that and then just just nailing it, I think are are, are great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it does. Like, I, I liked how that uh, Holden was happy to see Bobby, mm-hmm. but also kind of frowny face at the amount of weapons and armor that she's bringing in. And like, what does this mean you yeah. know, for the, the Rasananti? Because he's the captain. He's worried. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Philip is cooling his heels in a series clink when his father comes to bail him out. Uh, Yeah. I. Hmm. There, there's a conversation here between Marco and Philip. One that looks like it might not have happened if things didn't go exactly this way. Um, where Marco is essentially saying to him he's an embarrassment. Uh, which is interesting. Um, or, or he's he's the words he uses make it sound as if he's concerned about Philip's reputation, but what he's actually concerned about is his own reputation. And I think there are a couple of scenes in this episode that show that the other scene is the one about like the definition of love 
that we'll get to later. Uh, both of these scenes, and I think we know this about Marco, he's more concerned with his own image than anyone else, uh, including Philip. Oh, yeah. And this scene reflects that. And he also manipulates and emotionally abuses the people he loves. That's how he kept Naomi under his thumb. And the book, uh, by the way, book five is really good at showing, like, you know, how much, you know, long lasting damage he kind of he did to her. But Philip's get you know, we talked about this a lot last season that like Philip is just getting it from both ends. He's both mm-hmm. like, you know, a 16 year old dealing with this delusions of grandeur that his father's blowing into his head and then also dealing with his fa- his father's mercurial temperament and you know uh inability to let you know him be to just you know be his own person like he wants him to like to be a miniature version of himself and when he ever he breaks out of that mold or disappoints him or you know it's 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 like uh, just not just bringing him back to earth but just these vicious attacks on his manhood and mm-hmm. and and all that um and it's uh, it's it's more the same. Um, I did think there's a couple things interesting. I like that you know again as this is the end of a series of the expanse, if not the series, this is the end of the second trilogy. And I like how many callbacks. It's like we had the Belter provo- provocateur provocateur from the the first episode and the last episode. You know, we begin with Miller and as a Star Helix agent on series. Well, we're, we we see Philip sitting in a Star Helix jail hmm. cell and the, the logo has nice. been defaced with an OPA symbol. Oh, like yeah, there's so that. many nice callbacks to season one in this allegedly final season that uh, uh, I, I liked it a lot. The other mm-hmm. thing is, if we didn't know it before, Marco really doesn't give a shit about any part of the belt that's not the Free Navy. Like right. he completely runs rough shot, shot over the station administrator. The laws do not apply to him and his crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that should be chilling if you're an administrator trusting on this guy to feed your people yeah, and make sure you get needed supplies during the easy part of the campaign. Uh-huh. Again, that's the other thing is like he has been able to do whatever the fuck he wants for like the last six to nine months. And uh, things are going to get significantly harder now uh, mm-hmm. after this episode. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And that's the other thing is like. I feel like there is also some daylight between what he says to like about him and sin, how like, oh, we drank and we had someone different every night. But every morning we were back on the line because there was nobody. And then I think someone else is telling a story about, you know, in the old days when he's actually talking to uh, his his lieutenant, he's saying back in the old days, like they would sleep through their shift on the line because they were so. So he's like bull. And this Mm. is common to parents like you. And I think it's a mistake to offer yourself up as a paragon. When I was your age, I did everything right. And you're stupid. You're doing everything wrong. Bull fucking shit. Yeah, that's never that's never the case. So there's a little bit of the big heaping helping of that. If you're paying attention to the dialogue of him bullshitting his own son about how awesome he was back in the day. And it just makes Philip feel inadequate. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's the performance we're getting out of this kid at the end of the scene. So Bobby briefs the crew of the Rocinante on their new mission. And afterwards, Holden expresses some of his fears he has about the ring eating Martian ships. Yeah. Uh, several. Martian ships have disappeared. It's not just the Barkeith uh, from last season. It's it's several, according to Bobby. And I, I guess we'll get more information about that. Bobby's going to get her some or get Holden some uh, intel. 
that, that'll be good. Although they, they get a lot of intel this episode. Yeah, and I also think that like there's also I think room like I was like I think what Bobby's saying about like we just assumed a lot of these were rogue Martian ships that went to slink off the Marco. I bet that's what a lot of them are. Like I, I don't think that literally Could every be. one of the ships that like the Mars is tracked is is going to be eaten by the thing. But it does make you wonder why is the ring gate selectively eating some? Why is it not mm-hmm. just like eating all of them to go through a certain gate? Why is you know like what what is going on that's maybe increasing the activity? There's a bunch of questions I had. In my mind. Yeah. No, I, I hope we get some answers. We'll see. It's interesting the scene where Bobby's briefing the crew. It's a war between the crew's kind of war weary uh cynicism and Bobby's kind of like recruiting poster. Right. Rah rah rah. Uh I think the truth is a little bit in between. Uh I think Avasaral, as you know, just watching through the series, watching that's one of the things that really brought Avasaral down in the early seasons is that uh, ill fated strike. Uh there's definitely like, yeah, the the crew of Rasadanti, the wild cards, the people just go around pushing buttons and fucking shit up in the solar system. Like if you hear that they tried some daring raid on some Marco facility and they got their ass blasted, that's just a Rasadante. If it's sure. a yeah. crew of you and marines going in there and and getting spanked then it's like it's a it's another failure of the of the earth government right uh-huh so yeah. and i and that's good politics honestly the, you know you you can't have earth falling apart at a time like this so you need them to have faith in the government or it's just going to you know whatever death toll whatever starvation whatever kind of lawlessness and loss of life is just going to be 10 times greater if like right. the churn right. really sets in you know Oh yeah, mother of all churns. Yeah, uh, but they also got. I, I like knowing, and boy, this has been increasingly rare in prestige television of late, or good television. But like, I like knowing the fucking plan as it is and how it's supposed to go mm-hmm. before we de. Like, I'm like holding. I, I like knowing the plan before we start deviating from it. And a lot of shows, like, you know, j- just just prefer to like, you know. Everyone knows the plan except for the audience. So, you know, anything can be a surprise. Anything can be a plan. Anything can be. And, and I, I like the, the scene of like, guess this is how it's supposed to happen. Um, yeah, they, they play a lot with that. The idea of like, what what is the plan and what happens when the plan changes? And then did, did the plan ever change? There, there's a bit of like 1984. We were always at war with uh, whatever Asia. Um going on in this episode and I'll talk about it when we get to the Marco scenes because he is kind of known for doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I also really liked Amos's reaction. Like, some, some, so much of what Amos does is just for being funny in the margins, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, him like, are, is anyone getting paid extra for this? And, you know, Bob's like, I'm not in for pay and Amos just like triple take and like, what is... And yeah. then when Bobby tries to shine him on, he's like, you know what? fuck all of you people. I'm going to roll a grenade into the mess area here and like, hey, here's Clarissa Mao, wanted mass murderer. Uh, say hi. Talk to Holden about it. Peace. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we move on to uh, drummership, Tynan. This is, uh, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll know this by the end of the episode, but this is uh, the ghost knife of the belt. This is Ashford Kloss's famous. This is like Blackbeard ship, you know, like this, uh, the Queen Anne's revenge. This is a storied uh, ship in the belt. And they really sell that in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Drummers forced to meet with a quite Lando Calrissian type figure. uh, Liang Walker, 
on board his ship to uh, Irazami, having no safer option to get her wayward crew member Mach- Michio, Michio off her ship. Uh, like I said, this guy is very Lando-ish. He is going to either serve a very important role in Drummer's Guerrilla War against Marco, or he might sell her out to him. And yeah, I just hope he has the common courtesy to act real bad and mutter things like this deal keeps getting worse all the time <laughs> while he's doing it. Sure. Uh, and his and, like what? Scottish belter. I, I don't know what his accent is. There's a little bit of some like Sean Connery esque thing going on there, too. A little bit. Yeah, uh, a little bit. I liked it. I, I, I didn't have a problem, but I, I assume unique. this guy's a character in the book. Yes. No, no, no. really. Uh-uh. Okay. Is he not a comp- do you not recognize him as a compositive or do you, do you no. guys recognize the really okay okay because yeah. I was like yeah my how 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 close on the Lando scale am I because it does does seem like this guy <laughs> I is can't tell he is the obvious ally but also hidden threat could go either way I like him mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah I, I do too um, and he seems like I like an old grizzled belter yeah he he's a decent pirate right he's not like one of the pirates that's gonna i don't know swashbuckle you sure that's a thing pirates do well he has no love for the empire i mean he has no love for marco i can tell you that much for sure yeah Um, probably a good way probably a good place to hole up and get your millennium falcon fixed or still your macho peru yeah until he alters the deal and then you're fucked um yeah i i was super worried that they were going to put michio into this pirate's hands and that seems super dangerous but uh, or I guess I, he's a smuggler or was a smuggler. I, I don't know. He's Han Solo and Lando Calrissian rolled into one. He is. Well, I mean, Han Solo is Lando. Lando mm-hmm. is Han. They're very similar. But um, I, I don't know if that's the case even by the end of this. We'll, we'll see. Because um, there's a second portion to this scene where she where drummer gives him the tour of the ship and they get to talking more and, and some yeah, things change, we'll, we'll I think. There. But we'll get there. But but I like this because like so far we've we've introduced the two classes of Belter, one that just is wildly enthusiastic about Marco and Aros and what he's doing and the people who are dead or that he wants dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's a third class of Belter that, um, you know, might have some skepticism about, uh, you know, Marco. Like I it's it is wild because I'd forgotten this in season four, but there's this whole scene where drummer and Ashford has Marco in a space, an airlock. Yeah about the space him and drummer uh, with a turns out to be a political miscalculation. I thought it was smart at the mm-hmm. time, uh, you know, spares him, uh, you know, yeah. to, to play a bigger political game. But like Marco was never like popular with every faction in the belt. And now we're seeing how, like, you know what it's like to have a Navy, half of the people that might distrust you, mistrust you not have some grievances uh you're exploitable everything's great when things are going well for you and you seem like you're the golden child but you know as you start getting some military reversals i wonder how many of these kind of lone wolf types will start slinking off from the pack and i do wonder how difficult it's going to make it for earth to tell the difference um or for the the inners earth and mars to tell the difference because yeah. like there's yeah, a lot of they're all belters wiggle right? room right they're, they're, a they're all belters to them kind of Right. B, even if they were to distinguish and then have a nuanced view of the Belters, that could easily provide cover for the Free Navy to slip in and and fuck shit up. Um, sure, because they because they could just say know, no, we're all... not loyal to Marco, and then boom, here they are behind sure. your lines, you know, uh, doing things. So, I, it's yeah, it's going to get complicated. 
it's tough being in a civil war. It's tough being an ally to someone in the civil war. It's just tough all yeah. around. Uh, another um, thing I pulled out of this scene, it's just kind of yeah. like some quick dialogue here and there. Um, is that Marco has started pulling supplies off of Ceres and Ganymede, which we know is like yep. the breadbasket of the belt, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and putting them in supply depots around the the solar system. Uh, exactly, all over the belt. So, uh, what? I guess what image does that conjure in your head? What do you What do you think is going on there? Well, so in the next scene. Uh, which we can get into. Marco pours over a map of these depots that we just talked about, trying to figure out a way to divert mid- supplies to the Medina station even faster. Mm-hmm. He is doing some big project at the Medina station involving some tort type of cooperation with the Laconians is what I'm putting together. And I suspect it's protomolecule technology based. Uh, I suspect there's going to be a mm-hmm. sudden and inevitable betrayal of the Lac- by the Laconians uh, to Marco or vice versa. Um, but yeah, but I, I think the Laconians like they wanted that. They like the Laconians, like, hey, yeah, shut the door behind us. Yeah, like, don't this let is protection through for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're, also, they're the bouncer, right? The, the Marco's their bouncer. But I remember that scene of the la- in the last uh, season of Expanse where the Martian uh, admiral that ends up getting eaten by the g- gate was talking about like the unique defensive position of the be- the, the 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 gate and all that. And I don't think yeah. that was all to set up the final ring- battle to take the ring, um, mm-hmm. which in the books is a political coup. Like Marco just mm-hmm. gets some insiders in there and they just take it from underneath Fred Johnson. There's no battle for it. Right. Um. But yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm not sure what the fucking Martians plan was. Um, it seems to me, if I was guessing, that uh, they wanted to be shut off from the, everything else in their system with the uh, Kodazar. I think that's the name of the psychotic uh, or sociopathic you know, scientist that's a protomolecule specialist. Mm-hmm. While he builds them a whole bunch of outlandish future weaponry. And build them up into the Mars that they always wanted to be as tough and indefeatable yeah. in, in, in or invincible military force. And then they go take the gate and 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 reclaim the system by force. Um, yeah, which I guess Marco I is think. just hoping that when that happens, they don't turn on him. I because that, that's a very short sighted play for Marco if he's willing to protect them without yeah. any real leverage like once they build those protomolecule ships we we saw one that thing doesn't look like it could be challenged by anything or it's got let alone the belt probably not it's so huge yeah it's so, so huge like it seems short-sighted to just think yeah we'll protect you while you build this massive army and then please don't use it on us when you come back yeah and, and i always thought it was telling the scale of the ring like i'm thinking like you know like we've got panamax class uh mm merchant ships and they're called that because they're exactly as big as what can fit through the Panama Canal. That's essentially a nice. hard limit on how big ships can be unless you're just running like, you know, uh, something from Japan to the California back. Sure, sure. The rings are fucking huge. Like Massive. I remember watching when Medina station going through me and Jack and there's a close up of Medina uh well I guess at the time is the behemoth. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, look how big that is. And then they they go and they do a wide shot. And it's just like it looks like a soda straw going through a, an extra, extra large Taco Bell cup, you know, like right. the size of ship that can fit through this thing. I've always thought that must be one of the final it, it, that, that. In fact, that might be the final shot of this season is like uh, just a fucking 
90% max size of ship coming through into the solar system. And what the fuck do you do about that? Um, <laughs> right. Right. Does Marco have his own protomolecule or is he stupid enough? To he gave all of the belts protomolecule to the Martian. Maybe he does. I don't know. That that would be a thing I would want to split. But also, if he does, he doesn't seem to be using it for anything. Like he doesn't he's have the way behind the, can unlock it. The research yeah, curve. Like yeah. all, it's kind of like a bio terror weapon. Whereas mm-hmm. Marsh, Mar, the Mars, the the Martian uh, faction seems to be making it to super weapons. It, it's only a bio terror weapon as long as they don't understand it well enough to defeat it. Right? Like, right. Your researchers could probably figure out a way to either nullify it or to use it to your advantage or something. If you try to unleash that on him. So Plus, I don't, it's like also is protomolecule that dangerous. Like it was dangerous because it was trying to build the gate. Like that was the work it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like when the protomolecule doesn't have anything to do, it seems to be content to sit there dormant, not doing anything. Yeah. So, like, I don't even know if you, like, started firing protomolecule into, like, wouldn't it just, like, talk to the other protomolecule and be like, hey, there's nothing to do. Go back to sleep. Um, Maybe that's what they're doing on Laconia. They're getting all this, like, feeding an ecosystem poison thing to then turn around and feed it protomolecule because they've got new life forms to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, And they they figured out how to, like, direct the protomolecule rather than just because they never did. They just figured out how. They barely figured out what it was trying to do before it just did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so there's, so that's the, 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 there's a discussion to Depot, but this also turns into a discussion with his second officer. Uh, you said is Renfield? Rosenfeld. Uh, Rosenfeld. Rosencrantz, Rosencrantz. Yeah, Rosencrantz and um, we, we kind of talked about this before, you know, because she's, she's a rough and tough belter and she got thrown into a recycler tank. Uh, which seems pretty horrific for some kind of um, and they talk about, you know, like the nature of love. Uh, I thought this was all actually pretty good and telling. Yeah, um, because like at the rock at, at, the, at the bottom, what Marco needs his son to be is what he needs him to be, you know, like he needs him to be mm-hmm. like this perfect belter, you know, the obvious heir to the throne, his strong right hand man. And it's such a contrast because the other, you know, epic sci-fi thing I saw um, was a bunch of epic sci-fi because there's tons of epic sci-fi right now. But Dune, like you contrast like Duke uh, Leto's uh, uh, conversation with his son where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, all I need you to be is my son and your Uh, success if you do that. You compare that to like the shit that Marco is throwing on Philip and it's it's night and day. I I mean, it's just so clear that when he says he loves Philip, what he means is he loves what Philip could be for his reputation. He he loves him egotistically, right? It's he's classic narcissist. Like you're yeah. a feather in my cap, and if you're an ugly feather, then fuck you. I don't need you. Right? Uh, I'd rather you not be born. Like whoa, yeah. <laughs> who's wait? What's an ugly feather? Uh, you know, like who's, <laughs> right. who's standard? Are we prettier? talking about dad? Yeah, right. yeah. No, it's it's wild. Uh, he's he's clearly clearly abusing Philip here. I thought it was telling too that Rosenfeld threw in that maybe uh, like in the litany of things that this this could be. It's like you know, could you pity him? Could you miss him? Could you could you envy him? And there seems to be some obvious sexual tension between Rosenfeld and Marco. I think know? so. Like you know, yeah. him being fascinated. Everyone else here is afraid of me because I'm the great Marco, and she's like, You're, I mean, this is very almost tropey. Um, but I think it's you know. Uh, this person's been cast as like, 
you know, an alt pinup girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is super sexy and in exactly the same way that Marco is like Marco is an alt pinup dude. Right. Sure. You know, and there's something I also noticed this about this in the characterization of this episode, like the neck tattoo has always been like synonymous with like the old school belter. Right. You know, you got the you got the old school belters that actually had the scars around their neck from their old shitty suits burning them. Um, the new belters have a, a, a tattoo shaped like that to like harken back to be like, yeah, we're old school like these guys. She's got like the barbed wire twisted version of that. Like <laughs> yeah. it, and, and it feels like a real hard flex. Like, sure. I'm not, I'm not just a belter with a neck. I got, I'm a belter with like fucking razor blades and shit sticking out of my neck scar. And I, it, it feels like she's a lot. Well, she's very much like Marco. She's, she's a lot of sizzle and I'm not seeing the steak. I'm not seeing the steak yet. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, she's, she's clearly the one who's like running everything behind the scenes. Right. And we haven't yeah. gotten a glimpse necessarily behind those scenes yet. So I don't know yeah. how good she is at that, but I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just her physical presence in this, but I'm getting like very big Cara Dune vibes from her, like mm. from, from Mandalorian. Oh, but uh, she's competent and she's got uh-huh, a lot of yeah. stake. Uh, and I compared this to like sin and Carol from last episode. Like those people were like e- extremely, old school belters that would take no shit and were like fucking hard as nails, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting that from her. I'm getting her that, that she's very mm-hmm. into the aesthetic of that, but I don't, I, I don't know how much of that is just making her sexy so that her and Marco can, can get, yeah. cause it seems like they're, do, they're destined to, and how much of that is them trying to deliberately characterize her as kind of like a, 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 a dabble. Like, like this is the kind of stuff that Julie Mao would get up to if she hadn't have gotten protomoleculeed, you know? Like, I guess it, it's I, I don't know that we've look. seen anything like I so far it's it's yeah, all all about the look, but it's we just don't know like, oh, I got I, I had to swim in a recycler because I was such a badass, you know, uh, like it's all talk. We haven't seen her do anything. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, show me, been... show me something um, that that she can do that will impress me. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'll believe it. But until. I see the opposite. I'm not going to like discount it. I'm not just going to say, okay, yeah. well, this seems like a, a person who to be reckoned with. So let me uh, take her seriously. Mm. She has also, it's also, I get a lot of lazy. Like I, I, I think of Marco as being pretty lazy in terms of like big picture stuff and important stuff. Like he's like there for the flash and for the photo ops, but not for like the hard work. And I get a lot of the same from her. Like, you know, Oh, gee, it's hard. It's too hard to feed her people and do this ambitious military project. Let's not even try to do both. Let's just fucking divert everything over to the military project. And fuck it. It's just like everything is just kind of the lazy, expedient, selfish thing with her and Marco. And they're kind of two peas in a pod. I, I didn't get I that she was doing it because she's lazy. I thought she was doing it because she genuinely doesn't give possible. a shit about these people and thinks that the military victory is what brings them. The same reason well, Marco does it. That. It's what brings him glory. Right. But that's she might extend it to the belt than just laziness and neglect but uh sure but yeah, yeah. I, they're, they're two peas in a pod is what i'm uh, i'm getting at and for I, sure i don't know yeah. how much of that is is baked into her appearance or not um there's also a lot of great scenes where they're discussing philip in like a very patronizing kind of like way yeah. philip dealing with his very real like trauma going through videos and pictures of his friend and you know there's that damn crocodile vest 
he's going to be wearing that next episode, right? I don't think he put it back in the box. I was expecting yeah. him to because he wears it in the book, but nah. it needs to stay in the box, Philip. Don't, yeah. don't get it back out. Got a bullet hole in it now. You don't have blood. Yeah, you don't blood want, you don't on want it. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we move on to Drummer giving Walker a tour of the Tynan, uh, and she tries stoking the piratical fire in his belly. I think trying to convince and or entice him into betraying Marco and robbing him blind. Yep, it seems like it. She she understands that he knows some of the location of the depots, I guess, uh, and that he would be a valuable ally if she were trying to make a big score uh, against Marco. Yeah, no, it's she um, needs supplies. Marco needs disrupting. Uh huh. <laughs> this is this is Michio Michio territory. This is kind of where I always thought Trevor was going after season five. Um, it, it, the other thing about this is, does this change where Michio is going to end up? Uh, is she going to stay on the ship? Because like, if they go off so, fighting Marco together and stealing supplies, what's the point of putting her on his ship? That is what we call in this business an arc, Jim. You make this little sheepish girl completely helpless at war to the extent that her family needs to get rid of her to protect her. And then you throw her into a situation where she's going to be in three times the danger. And in that crucible, she's going to have to turn into a diamond and you're going to get your macho Peru. But that would be insane. That's exactly what they're saying they don't want to do, right? Like, that's why Drummer is feeling him out here to determine if Michio is going to be in more or less danger if she goes on his ship. No, if she I get determines it. This that he's, is, she's going to be in more danger, she just won't send her on that ship, right? That would be insane. This is, this is putting this is putting the kid that can't dribble from Hoosiers in at the last minute in the cha- semi-championship game, and instead of him collapsing, he sinks the three for you know. It's like, yeah, like, but it's this is that's 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 the that's a story that you could tell, you know. I I don't know. This is like taking the kid from Hoosiers who can't dribble. And saying, oh, shit, we're going to be in the championship ship, game. Maybe we should get him, him on a Korea. team that isn't <laughs> going to be in the championship game. And then you find out that the other team you were planning to ship him to is, in fact, going to be in the championship game. So, right. And I, he's their star player. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah. So but it does feel why like would a, you trade him? Arc, maybe. And maybe the, the, the thing that was holding her back is her love. Like she was so afraid of screwing up because it would mean the death of her family. And now she's on a strange ship and she could just be a soldier. And not oh, sure. Yeah. Fan- like I, I, I think I can squint and see an arc where she turns out to be a badass. That's kind of like, you know, uh, a proto drummer. I don't think she can be drummer by in four episodes. But no, no. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not pushing the wrong fucking button and and f- yeah. fucking up everyone's ambush and playing. Like I, I think that's the the arc that they got her on. Um, yeah. If I'm drummer, I at he, least I put her on someone else's. I uh, put somebody else's finger on that button. But yeah. I, I can tell you, you fucking book readers, you love this macho Peru and they're not going to mm-hmm. let her go. They're not going to let her be disrespected. They're not going to be let her shuffle well, off into the side yeah. of the board. Macho Peru is definitely no Michio Pa. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I do love a lot of like I, I consistently love uh, how much drummer in retrospect loves Ashford. Like, you know, the obvious yeah. pride she takes piloting his ship and, the, the, you know, it's, it's hard as a coffin nail and twice as sharp, just like Ashford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss Ashford. He's a good character. And the uh, other possibility here is that uh, Walker is not actually going to go in with him and pirate shit from Marco and hit those depots himself. He's actually just going to keep doing his thing and give Drummer the information, the information that she needs yeah. to go do it. And that would make sense to still trade Michio off. 
telling you, you got to get Macho Peru into action, though. If she's going to see some action. She's going to push a button. I think we can let her go. Right button this time. And then the, yeah. the last scene of the series is, you know, drummer coming back, uh, making good on the promise. I'll come back for you. Heartfelt Macho's just in there knitting, knitting, knitting socks on, yeah. on uh, Epidus. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Mildly interesting. Uh, let's move on to Philip making final arrangements for the family of the, his friend, uh, that he killed last episode. I don't know what this kid's name, the kid, the kid had three minutes of horn dog, uh, acting and he got blown away. Uh, but that guy, Philip says his name twice in this episode. I can't decipher it because we have no subtitles Mm -hmm. and the internet doesn't even know this guy exists yet. So, right, right. Yep. Ah, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like I, tough I it's, it's tough because I tried to look up, uh, you know, uh, Irizami, like you know, because I like you know looking into the lore behind the names. They usually mean something. Well, sometimes they don't. Like last, yeah, last season there was a, someone, uh, someone named after a school administrator in the L.A. County school system. Like, right. uh, so I don't, I don't, I couldn't find any good hits, solid hits for that. But uh, uh, and yeah, by the way, if you know what Irizami they're getting at with that, uh, let me know. Expanse at baldmove.com. I'd love to share it with the fan base. But um, yeah, I have no idea what this kid's name is. But uh, I think uh, Philip's trying to do what he thinks a military commander in this situation would yes. do. Try to do right by him. And he's stymied by uh, blonde Nazi poster girl, Belter, uh, Renfield. Rit, Rit, Ring, Ringo. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Rosenfeld. Yeah. Rosenfeld. Boy, it's going to be a tough one for me to get, apparently. Apparently. Uh, but she, he runs right up against a brick wall of her not giving a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. And his effect of like, oh, well, cool. Never mind then. And then she kind of realizes, like, what a monster. And like, oh, this is actually you know, Hitler's kid, maybe I should, uh, I should ease up on the dick throttle a bit. And she's like, yeah, months, months of fuel pellets and a, a new mining net. Um, yeah, that, that, that's probably a pretty good haul for a, a poor Belter family. Yeah. I guess, um, it seems like a small price for the life of your child, but yeah, sure. Uh, I guess you, you but, beggars but can't be choosers. And if I put on my belter goggles, this is like, you know, I'm thinking about Diogo's origin story of getting chucked out of an airlock because his crazy uncle mm-hmm. went after a, a Martian patrol. Um, and that all started because of their old shitty nets. You know, the whole, you know, the, re, you know, the, the, that the whole thing, you know, that he had to like take all these safety precautions and Diogo didn't do it right and it fucked things up. And so, like, I, yeah, I, I guess. You know, it's like the, 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 a sheep and a two cows don't seem a lot uh, for a remuneration for a dead child until you're like back in the Middle Ages, you know, and that's like a year's worth of pay. Right. So, sure. Who knows? Yeah. Seems like Philip is is trying to swallow his his guilt here, um, you know, after his dad and him had a talk. Uh, and yeah and they show that too with him like composing the death message to the family like the first one is is philip Mm -hmm. and the second one is farco which is it's philip of what he right it's the first one is just philip second one is farco Farco, (laughs) sure (laughs) him trying to be his dad the the philip Uh version of his dad what about millip but uh millip hmm nah farco farco is definitely definitely more more pelter yeah uh, 
Before the assault on the Azure Dragon, UNN won the Zenobia. I like that. The fact that any ship that's got Avasarala mm-hmm. is UNN one. So it's nice. Nice 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 touch to Earth history. Mm-hmm. Uh it's buzzing with her military advisors having cows of all shapes and sizes about the fact that she's doing some kind of wild and crazy mission and Monica's skulking around the bulkheads just soaking up all this <laughs> information. Monica just popping up everywhere. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then fuck it. Let's just talk about this uh, whole battle from start to finish. Okay. Um, phase one, the the sneak, which doesn't last very long. This is the you know uh, uh, this feels like a submarine movie where you're trying to approach the 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 ship from the back behind your screws where there's sonar blind and mm-hmm. they fucking pull a crazy Ivan and they're onto you and they go rabbit. So then you get into the chase. Um, well, I love the buildup to this where they they are trying to sneak up on him. The music is so good. It's yeah. it's got I I don't even know how to describe it, but it's it has an almost underwater feel too, right? It's like these subdued electronica sounds um that you would think of as belter music, I imagine. And and you got the crew preparing like they're getting mm-hmm. on, you know, their spacesuit ready to do battle in 0G and you yeah. know, there's significant like uh, like I the first time I was watching I'm like what the fuck is going on at Naomi? Mm-hmm. Because like I was starting to feel like man, it's starting to get back to smug, self-righteous season two, uh, Naomi, which I thought we were kind of done with. But it turns out that she probably just had some, you know, suppressed trauma from all the shit she dealt with last season and starting to bubble. I, I like yeah. Amos fucking around with Bobby about the Goliath suits, you know, the mm-hmm. like, hey, where where can I get me one of them? Oh, you're it's going it'll 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 break you in half, Pee Wee. Um, I read book five just the other week and i was surprised to see what i would consider like pretty obvious sexual tension between alex and bobby in that book yeah and i remember in season three like you know there was a little bit of light flirtation going on with bobby and alex um are is is that a thing in the books and are they transferring that to amos because i don't know maybe bobby just flirts with everybody uh yeah i can't remember how often she flirts but no it's not a thing in the books the just don't worry your pretty little head about it. Um, Books swing pretty far afield of romance in the in true. the final goings. Yeah, um, it's hard hard to hard to fuck when you got all this uh, this war on. Yeah, unless you're Philip. I mean, that's not true. <laughs> Alex does go to a bar and get laid in book six uh, pretty early on. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much every. I think, uh, but it's not. Uh, Amos visits a brothel, brothel right. in almost every every book for sure. Um. But yeah, they have uh, they 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 also deploy like this uh, Bobby kind of referred to it obliquely as uh, the thing that she's got to cut the engines. And it turns out that's an EMP device. They're getting that ready. Mm-hmm. And then when they rabbit holding, you know, put punches it and oh, everyone just this. crumples, crumples to the deck, except Bobby and her power armor. Fuck yeah. Which is so like that's one of the, the coolest things is like the contrast between because Amos is like a immensely strong guy. Yeah. And he like, you know, with a great effort and screaming and yelling can get to his hands and knees. And Bobby is just with the strength of her power armor, just like, you know, like like Naomi's plastered to the deck. She comes jetting down and just strides, <laughs> picks up the, the EMP. Uh, yeah, it's and badass. This, it, also, like the way they're making these break neck, uh, break neck maneuvers. Uh-huh. Uh, um, like there's some real danger there. Like Bobby, like, you know, uh, sizes up the second and the second her trajectory matches. She just jumps for it. 
mm-hmm. and does her spider woman routine on the side of that thing and cuts its engines that I thought that was even more badass than the actual assault, like her just doing that leap of faith. Yeah, no, no, the whole thing is super cool. I, I absolutely love seeing Bobby just kind of walking around in multi G burns. Um, yeah. And that jump, I, I was holding my breath during that jump. Cause like, I, I think, you know, Bobby jumps out there. She's probably got some, some boosters. I, I think we've seen boosters on her suit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're firing she she could sure. get back in, but she's not they probably lost. not going to get another chance at this, right? They're going to have to right. wait to pick her up or leave her there, which is because it's a also bad a idea. race. Like Marco's people clearly like we, we find this later on, but they're in a race on inside to try to, the the blow delete the core the, or delete the, it yeah, yeah. and, you know, get rid of, cause they know, and uh-huh. they, it's not like they have a, t- a chance to, to, to reset up for this. This is like, no. you got like a, and, and once there's, there's like a constant clock under all this, like once the EMP goes off, like the ship goes dead, but you start to see the running lights come back on and Bobby's suit rebooting. Like, and they even mm-hmm. say like for the dumb people, you know, us getting back in and, and running means that they inside must be getting close to being <laughs> right. back and running. So they have to cut the power for real. They have to blow. It's it's just it's a great scene. And uh, things go wrong, like the the belters mm-hmm. go out and they start, uh, you know, there's, there's these small arms fires got no threat to Bobby, but right. they're smart. That's just a decoy operation for the guy with the handheld rocket launcher to come and, and, and cut her in half. Yeah. And Clarissa puts a stop to that. Yeah, no, it's great. The, and then uh, Naomi malfunctions a bit. <laughs> I've always heard about how dangerous it is to throw up in your suit, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I thought the fishbowl effect of the vomit and like, you know, how like that's a medical emergency, man, mm-hmm. um, in zero G. Um, and that takes because like you already had Naomi scratched. Now, like, you know, Bobby's supposed to be the one that breaches and goes in here, Invincible Bobby. Now it's like holding an Amos. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is the last season. And I don't know what happens in the books. Like, fuck, it's been a long time since they killed like a real main character. Like, maybe yeah. it's going to. So, yeah, like, also, the thing I kept worrying about is that they were going to get the whatever the Azure Dragon fired back up and just take off because if you look at that scene, and like nobody's left on sure. on the Rossi. Nobody. Right. Right. I mean, Na- yeah. Naomi, Naomi, I think, is the only. Pro- OK, yeah, Naomi yeah, yeah, yeah. is on the Rossi. I just think, man, they're not going to get these. They're not going to get their people back if this happens. And if you fall off, you hit the drive cone. We see how bad yeah, that, you, you know, like up. that's that, that your, the radiation to kill you. Like, yeah. And or oh, yeah. like if I'm the belters and I get that the reactor fired back up, I just dump it and blow it. The, the sex. So like. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I, I totally. felt the the, clock, the ticking clock, and I I found mm-hmm. this extremely exciting. Uh, the, this I show do does action scenes, especially that space action, like them trying to like you know uh, turn and run and and lose it because like that's the other thing is they know the Ro- Ross and I is going to blow them up because if they wanted to, would have done it already. So like right. they know, like they just have to run. They have to do. Man, it's great. It's a great. When, scene. when Peaches uses her mod, uh, I was a little confused as to why she would use it. Cause they don't show like what she's looking at. She just kind of looks over and then uses it. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. Bobby just shot the two, the two threats right there. And then she's already dealt with the problem before we even realize there is a problem, which I love that little detail off. Right. She yeah. goes in and just goes berserk, uh, tears this dude in half almost literally. And, and before we even see it. And I love that moment before Bobby even sees it. Right. Uh, 
and yeah, and it was a great also like bobby being surprised by this giant red gash in the hull of the ship like uh-huh. i don't know what like they said it's a rocket i wish they did a better job like a selling that guy as a heavy like almost? like a heavy weapons guy like i i needed yeah. that gun to be like twice as long and bulkier because yeah. i'm just I like, need, like oh, magnetic mounts i need i need shit that you have to like something strap yeah. to the ship right magnetically yeah. and fire it, it didn't read as an obvious threat to me um right but it was a it was a solid plan to to have uh, essentially the two belters sacrifice themselves to draw the fire of the Martian Marine while the third guy comes uh-huh. with a kill shot. And if it hadn't been for Clarissa, uh, which this is the this is the mechanism they're going to use to make everything all right on the 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 ship, right? Um, but yeah, Naomi makes quick work of the encryption on the the hasty uh, encryption on the Azure Dragon, and uh, they get what can only be described as what uh, what Holden says. It's a mother load. Like it looks mm-hmm. like hundreds of rocks, green and red. I imagine the red ones are things they've already done, and the green ones are the active ones. Or, but just just a or shit ton of rocks. The thing is, it tells you exactly which ones have been armed. Yep, and every and so this is like months, if not years, of effort that Marco has got to keep the Earth pinned down, and now it's all going to be undone. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, it's 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 a big turning point in the war. It feels like. Um, so back on UNN one, the 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 Zenobia, Avasarala gives Monica a uh, very special. Assignment. Actually, before we move on, we should we should all state that like the ship is the one that was sending the signals out to actually activate these things. I don't think that Marco can remotely do that. So I think by also taking out mm. this ship or capturing the ship, they've eliminated Marco's ability to throw rocks at all. It's not even I just think, like, oh, he could push a button and they could go at once and, and cause a problem for another week or so. No, yeah. it's like he can't do anything with these weapons anymore. Yeah. And he'd have to build it all from scratch if he wanted to. Uh, while right. the, and the, the fleet's fleet, off the while leash, the right? Fleet is, that's is the, chasing you down. Yeah, that's the big thing. The fleet is off the leash. And he never had in my understanding. He never had the numbers. No. Um, like if Earth and Mars united no. with everything they got that they're going to, but like it's just keeping them busy. And like I have, has he bought his his fleet enough time to do whatever the fuck they need to do to to win permanently? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, we'll see. So back on the Zenobia, Avasarala gives Monica a special assignment, which is a very particular story that she wants told. Oh, oh, that's the description. Yeah, um, <laughs> my favorite line of the episode is in this. Uh, my favorite two lines, actually, where oh, yeah? Monica tells Christian that she gives a really good guilt trip. That was good. And then Christian responds with, I practice a lot when I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, that is such a Christian I mean, thing to do, right? Just well, stare in the a mirror and give a guilt trip. That's it, it, a consistent. That's uh, a very consistent thing that the show like the Avastral is kind of reluctant Um that she's like, you know, back when I was younger, I used to think that, you know, this was this kind of shit was beneath just a toilless and thankful work. But then I realized there's only a limited amount of adults in the room. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of them, you kind of have to step up. And that's like, I think she tells gives her that speech every fucking day. You know, like this is mm-hmm. obviously hard. There's it's it's a thankless job. Um she doesn't particularly relish especially the political things um that go along with it but god damn it she's the adult in the room and and she's the best woman for the job and she's got to do it and she passes that buck along to other people as often as she can get sure so sure. i thought the it it was nice it's it reminded me echoed to that 
you know, I think speech she gave to Holden because when Holden was starting to whine about it being too tough or, you know, back back in season three, because uh, he went through a yeah, brief arc of like, Rossi. you know what? Yeah, when he was in and the, the 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 she she had just uh fled the clutches of Mao on the on um, the Razorback yeah, and Cody and Holden's mind. like, you know, I've tried to do good and it's all just fucked up and you know, he just wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. But um it it's a it's it's a good speech and I like the idea. It's funny. Like I got a kick out of it because mm-hmm. of course, you know, you and I have been working for some months now on this Barry Belt of Christmas that uh everything's gone well we launched sometime this week uh or maybe next week um or last but week we conce- yeah we conceived it as like because uh, there's the line where avasarala you know like uh monica's like well you've got people to do this kind of propaganda piece and she's like you know said something along the lines yes and if i've got some space herpes or you know some some new thing i, I want like i those those people are fine for it but i need and because that's exactly what we produce like this is right pre marco throwing rocks the un trying to you know uh induce cooperation amongst the peoples of the you know blah 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 so yeah what we did is not what monica's doing we did the shitty space herpes uh psa <laughs> version right. of, sure. of whatever monica's gonna do but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that. it it has more weight coming from Monica, right? I mean, she's the person who's been following Holden and the proto molecule, and she has her her career has been immensely boosted. Her, um, I guess, clout and the respect she gets from people over the last few yeah. seasons. So yeah, coming from her, it's going to feel like more uh, valuable to people, more honest, more real. Yeah, you think about like, you know, how much kind of power that certain, you know, reporters get when they're uh, reporting from a war scene or Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, she cut her teeth as, you know, the pirate free radio on board the behemoth when things were going down in the ring gate. And she's been like, like they said, this trusted source of information about like this fair, fair and balanced reporting about what's going on between the belt and Earth and Mars. And that's a two edged sword because like, you know, she points out it's like, you know, people trust me for a reason mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let you use my good name to to bullshit. And obviously I was like, ah, but I'm not asking you to lie. I want you to tell a full and accurate version of the truth, what she feels will suit her needs, which is like to slow down Marco's war effort. You know, yeah. if you can just peel off a few belters and make him feel sorry for Earth rather than, you know, vindicated, justified, then. Mm-hmm. That's going to make Marco's, you know, that that's going to make his his life a hell of a lot harder. Sure. Um, and I think it'll work. I, I, I do kind of cringe because it seems like they're going to have to do a version of this thing. And, and anytime like, a uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. Anytime like a TV show sets out to make a hit pop show, pop, pop music or this came up in Mad Men, you know, these are supposed to be the best advertisers in the world. Like it's got to feel like that's is a good ad, right? Like you hear it like, fuck yeah, I want to buy Heinz ketchup. Yeah. Uh, Mata's going to have to do like a, a really good devastation of the earth thing that they can show for 30 seconds, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be good and not cringy. Like, right. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see it. Maybe, maybe we'll see it. Um, <sighs> is this a book plot? I thought Holden did something like this in one of the books where he was trying to sympathize the, the, it was the other way though. I thought he was like trying to get belter stories together. 
um, even closer to, to what we're doing with Very Belt of Christmas. Yeah. 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 To get them to understand each other. I, I can't remember. It's been a while. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I wondered if this was a book six plot because it's another thing where it's like, I can see why Avasaral is doing this, but like, what does it look like in terms of story? You know, mm-hmm. like, is this just going to be something where we see Monica with a microphone and like a tear running down her face? Like, and like, this is Monica signing off. Right. Arms and an Avasaral is like, playing. Oh, sure. That's exactly. There's no way the bell can hate us after they've seen. And and then like you you then then the tide starts turning them. I, I don't yeah, it's like yeah, how is this like Bobby's mission, yeah, as soon as I heard it, I'm like fuck yeah, this is gonna be awesome, it's gonna be a special effects thing, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that, gets the crew to get Monica, like yeah, the this fuck, is hard like, to pull off. Her special yeah, what's that look like? It, it's know. nice in juxtaposition to the 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 news feed we saw at the beginning of last episode, right? Um kind of catching us up for the six months where it's all like it, anguish and anger and and despair and all that stuff i also there's a, a little a production element i noticed there's seal of the un or at least of the secretary generals i don't think i've seen the full thing but there's a latin motto at the bottom presumably there's something at the top but it's uh, talura una which i think is latin for we are all one earth hmm. um okay. which i thought was you know it's exactly kind of Latin shit that they'd have in a seal like that. Uh, I, was, I was hoping mm-hmm. to get a full shot of it so I could see what the full phrase was. But uh, cool. I like that they do that stuff. I love that they they you know pay attention to that kind of detail. Um. Then finally, well, I guess not finally. Uh, Holden visits Peaches in the Rossley sick bay to give her an official ass chewing for improvising on their last mission. Uh, an mm-hmm. ass chewing that seems to cement her as part of the official crew of the Rossinante. So it's I was going to say. She didn't get the she didn't get the ass chewing part of this scene. <laughs> she just got the Holden likes me now part of the scene, mm-hmm. which was funny. That's like yeah. it's, uh, her and Amos are pretty cute uh-huh, um, for sure. And Amos is thrilled that now she's becoming at least, you know, one more. I don't know if she's won over Naomi, mm-hmm. although I guess like she's kind of got to be because that mission would have gone all kinds of pear shaped if it hadn't been for her. So maybe she's won them both over. And she was going out um, as a pair with, with Claire, I think. Um, right. Know, she was still with her. not making eye contact with her. Yeah. Still like, you know, being standoffish. And now I wonder, although I guess it could go the other way. It's like, maybe she feels like Clarissa showed her up, you know, like she was <laughs> supposed to do the job and she froze up. Eh, and, I don't know. That doesn't that's seem maybe like an Naomi. asshole way to take yeah. it, but you know, people do weird shit. Sure. Um, but yeah, what do you, but here's the thing about Holden. Okay. Genius. She radios you to talk about like what should happen. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know what kind of ass chewing you give because like if she'd done anything else than what she'd done, one or more people die. That's the thing. Like you got to make split second decisions and you don't always have time to radio back through the chain of command, get them to decide with, Without eyes on the situation, this, and yeah, it's tough. And that's not how this crew always works, to be clear. Oh, like no. This is kind of a first, much more first among equals kind of thing. And mm-hmm. yes, you're right. In in a life or death situation, they kind of all defer to Holden for, for because uh-huh. mutual assent. But like, you know, we've seen Amos make calls. We've seen Alex make calls. We've mm-hmm. certainly seen Naomi make calls uh, in the heat of the moment. And I just... uh but it doesn't matter because the what matters is she accepts the ass chewing, even though she probably could have bucked against it. And that shows that uh, 
you know, she she's picking up what what I guess Holden's putting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, our final scene, Marco finds out about the la- loss of the Azure Dragon and prepares a welcoming committee for the inner fleets that he assumes will be burning to Ceres Station to retake uh, what is they see is rightfully theirs. Um, first off, do you agree with this tactical situ- assessment that the Earth is going to be obsessed with getting Ceres Station back? Uh, I don't know why. Why is Earth so obsessed with Ceres? Is it because of what it represents to the belt? Is it was it- a big expo, like Tyco Corporation spinning that thing up, kind of made it. Um, you know, uh, I, I think it is definitely like the if there's a capital of the belt, it probably is that it's the largest facility, most sophisticated is facility, it the most the most within reach. I mean, you had like a. I mean, it is very Star, close. It's Star the, Helix being there is kind of like a a middle point between Earth and the Belt, right? Yeah, yeah, it's and like, like that's what really separates already. the inners from the the Belt is the demarcation line between the inner and the the outer planets. So, oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my, I think, I think, I think, if Avastral is playing a smart political game, she would essentially say, "We respect the Belters." right for independence and self-organization and series because even before marco took it over and anderson dawes had taken it over more or less with the consent you know like earth is like all right you and fred johnson you're in charge of the belt and we're gonna mm. so like i think the smart play would be to like let the belt like let series decide and wait for marco's starvation tactics to set in and then i bet the mm. I, I bet series welcomes them you know like especially if drummers at the head of the of the rescue fleet. I mean, that's what needs to happen. They need to make this a, 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 a true everybody's in on this. And probably drummer needs to be the fleet commander. Uh, yeah, that would be the politically smart thing to do. I don't but, know. Uh, we'll see. I, I can't say too much. Yeah. I also thought that Marco seemed very scared, like, and sh- <laughs> like, like shocked <laughs> well, and this scared and thing. like shitting his pants until, and, and it felt like a cope. When he started laughing and yeah. be like, "Eh, we've been wanting to battle anyway." Like you kind of are fucked, dude. That's unless Marco. You got, no, unless Mar- you got something real and Medina cooked up, like, yeah, they make that uh, point about I, Marco, right? And in, in I think it's season five, Naomi's talking about Marco and how the next plan is whatever happens was always his plan all along, right? We. We if always it was a failure, expected that the was just a distraction on the real goal. If it's if yeah. the goal of if if the goal works, then it's like it's the result of my brilliant. Yeah, he's always got a way to spin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it. <laughs> it was always the plan, but you know, it wasn't always the plan. But now it's always the plan. Um, it is kind of the thing. Like, oh yeah, of course. He just he jumps I'm from one plane to the next. Because like if they are doing an all out war at series, that might be the biggest fleet battle we ever see. And like we've I think this show has talked around a fleet battle a lot more than actually shown it, you know, like, you know, we've seen the beginnings of one. We've seen the ends of one. We've seen like uh, what was going to be a big fleet battle going to be huge. Yeah. But even then, that's like before the slow ships and. Yeah, true. And there's a couple, but like we might get like a full scale fleet engagement, which. Oof, mm-hmm. That would be pretty sexy, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, that's it for this episode. Do you got anything else you want to talk about? I do not. Well, what do you guys and gals want to talk about? Our uh, our our tight beam receptor is wide open at expanse at baldmove.com. If you'd like to send us a message, uh, we will be doing a dedicated feedback episode 
next week to kind of catch up. And again, then we'll be, you know, weekly on episode three and four. That'll get us past Christmas into the new year. We'll do another standalone catch up uh, episode and we'll probably continue to do a single episode and a separate feedback episode for the expanse. Um, because that's, that's worked so well on uh, other shows that we've had screeners for because mm-hmm. that lets us, you know, keep the episodes fresh in mind and it make sure we don't get uh, our email like goofed up two weeks later, whatever. So that, that's, that's our uh, understanding. So we should be able to get to it next week. Uh, thanks to everybody that has reached out to us. Expanse at baldmove.com. We'll be back next Thursday uh, or early Friday morning, uh, date and time, ready with another fresh episode of Belt of Loda for you after the episode. We'll see you then. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.